Good evening, folks. We have another episode of the Bastards Hot Stove where we're going to be covering the annual MLB Trade Rumors Top 50 Free Agents heading into the 2024 season. I'm your host, Charlie Smith, coming to you from Los Angeles, California. You can find me on Twitter at Smith underscore MLB. Our other hosts for today's episode are going to be Terry Cushman coming to us from a new location in Reno, Nevada, I believe, by way of Myrtle Beach in South Carolina, and Nick Face joining us from Reading, Mass. Terry, where are you, and what are you doing? <laughs> well, as uh, you guessed correctly, I still am in Reno, Nevada. My flight is actually in about 10 hours, so... Still working on my sleep strategy because uh, I land in Charleston, which is two hours south of Myrtle. And uh, so I have to make that drive when I get back. But been out here for a string of cribbage tournaments. I've won a lot of money uh, this weekend. Qualified number one a couple of times. Didn't do so well in the playoffs, but uh, most of the money is won in the qualifier with the bonus pools. So, uh good week and uh kind of a fun episode i always look forward to the mlb trade annual projections and it's fun to see you know how close they are some people like spo track but another thing too for the anti-twitter crowd or i should say just the the people that don't go on twitter that is the best site to go to because when breaking news happens it's usually up on mlb trade rumors within five minutes or so. So like if I've been sleeping and I wake up in the morning, I check MLB trade rumors. It's a lot faster than perusing my Twitter feeds, digging for stuff. And uh, I'll just do the same thing if I've just been away from Twitter for, you know, more than a few hours. So uh, it's, it's a very, uh, it's a good website for baseball news. Absolutely. For sure. Nick and you're in Reading. Nothing crazy, right? You didn't do any tournaments or anything nuts. No, just been on that early morning wake-up calls of running stores and businesses and that life. So doing the same thing again tomorrow. But as Terry's point says, when I was high school, even middle school, I think the MLB Trade Rumors site's been around for 20-something years or something like that now. It's always been my go-to, much like Terry's, with just getting any information that you need, the rumors and stuff. It's a... It's a bookmarked site for me. It's there. It's an everyday check, sometimes more than once, just to see what is happening in this lovely off-season of baseball. So I'm excited, much like Terry, too. Yeah. Without further ado, our first name on our top 50, we're going to be doing numbers 41 through 50 tonight, going in reverse order from number 50, Tim Anderson who most recently played with the Chicago White Sox. Uh, we have Tim, who believes the Marlins are going to go for him. Anthony thinks that the Mariners are going to get him. And then uh, Derek is going to be thinking the Athletics are going to get him. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm 100% out on Tim Anderson after that punch felt around the world in early August. I want no part of this bum. This guy's a head case and a clubhouse cancer. He's also had, without a doubt, his worst statistical season in his major league career. He's 30 years old. We don't need another bum on the team. I'm good. Terry. You came in pretty hot, Charlie. Um, a huge story that seemed to develop 
late in the season was how terrible that Chicago White Sox clubhouse was. Apparently, they adopted a very loose, um, I don't even know what to call it, a, a loose philosophy on players not necessarily having to go to meetings. They just wanted every, they wanted it to be a very relaxed clubhouse and it, it really showed. I mean, they underachieved probably more than any other team in baseball. A lot of people had them winning the American League Central. It wasn't, uh, you know, a stacked division by any means. And the White Sox have always had a pretty good roster on paper. But you look at Anderson, I mean, his career numbers just aren't that – they're not that bad. I mean, he's got a pretty good bat. You know, he's not going to hit a, a ton of homers. Actually, he only hit one uh, all of uh, 2023. Uh, typically, you know, well, he, he has approached 20 uh, home runs a couple of times. But a high on base guy, decent defender. But I just don't want him anywhere near this clubhouse. Uh, I think, you know, you can have players that are defensive liabilities. You can have strikeout machines at the plate. But clubhouse cancers will will sink a baseball team, and I just I don't like his attitude. Who was it that punched him? I forget. It was uh, Ramirez. Oh, the, oh the yes, the Guardians. Yes, um, yeah, yeah, from the Guardians. Exactly, and yeah. um, even that didn't knock any sense into him. So I'm out on. There's Tim a big video that's up there says that uh, Jose Ramirez had the cleanest punch to Tim Anderson. It's up. If you Google it, it's the first thing that comes up. It's kind of funny. I don't think it, it wasn't quite as satisfying as the, as the Rugnet Odor, Jose no, Bautista that's, that's punch. An, that's an epic. That one. was a haymaker, but yeah, but man, it, I, it's the the one thing in common was both players were very hateable and you right. know they both got decked but I, as badly as we could probably use a guy with the talent of, of Tim Anderson he's just not worth the drama to me but Nick go ahead give your take on it I just first think that as much as last season was pretty abysmal for Tim Anderson I think he might actually progress a little bit better number-wise heading into the 2024 season. I don't see him with a fit here with the Red Sox whatsoever. He's going to have to take a one- or two-year deal just to bounce back and see if he can come back to his all-star uh, numbers. I mean, looking at stat line and everything that he's had throughout his career, not a bad player by any means. But for a Red Sox team that struggled past couple seasons with – having players that believe and wanted to be a Red Sox and be a part of a clubhouse and kind of come together with everything. I would want to wreck with that. Would want to go that way. I don't see him being here. I have to say he's probably going to have to go to a team that's probably also looking for a rebuild and looking to give the player a chance to see if he can come back and do something. So um, go ahead, Terry. It's also notable, though, that the White Sox declined his option. Thank you. Even the White Sox are like... They don't even want him. They're like, bro, no, thank you. Go play somewhere else. 
And Charlie listed where some of the MLB trade rumors guys projected him to go. I hope it's Oakland because he can go to an irrelevant team and be irrelevant for the rest of his career. I mean, he's been suspended for a number of things. He throws a lot of hissy fits. One of the suspensions was he flipped his middle finger to the crowd. I mean, come on, man. Get out of here with that. He he would not make it in Boston. That first, you know, two for 35 slump that he has, he would never survive that. They would eat him up. I just want to make this so clear and i and i very seldomly voice my opinion to the point where i say if you don't agree with me you're wrong there is no way that tim anderson is going to get a two-year deal absolutely none you are high out of your damn mind the guy had one home run 25 rbis if you look at his numbers in relation to two years ago he was a nothing he was a nothing adrian beltre got a one-year Correct me if I'm wrong. With the Boston Red Sox, it was a one-year $9 million deal, prove-it deal, $8 million deal, something like that. The White Sox don't even want him. How anyone could consider saying, yes, let's get this guy on our team because we're, we're, we're no longer rebuilding. I only want pieces that make this team better. I don't want a player that just straight sucks. Tim Anderson can't play baseball, and he can't fight as evidenced by this year. And he was very rudely awakened because he got called out for some dumb crap because he moved a rookie's hand off of the bag, tagged him. Jose Ramirez told him to stop disrespecting the game, and he didn't listen. So F, what is it? It's uh, F-A-F-O. If you don't know what that means, Google it. <laughs> He did, and he found out. He found so out. I don't want him and anyone that's even considering him in my book, I'm closing the book on you. I won't even hear or entertain anything involving Tim Anderson. That's it. So I guess this takes off the friend, the friends aspect for you, Charlie. Don't want to be friends with him either. <laughs> I don't want to be anything. Honestly, if this guy hasn't blocked me on X or Twitter, then he's an even bigger idiot than I thought. Well, he doesn't know what he's messing with. Yeah, for sure. Moving into number 49, Liam Hendricks. Two-year, $12 million deals, the expectation. Tim thinks he's going to the Phillies. Anthony, the Diamondbacks, Derek, the Red Sox. And as Terry mentioned before we started, Liam Hendricks is not going to be pitching in 2024 as he will be recovering from Tommy John surgery. Uh, Nick, why don't you go first? Terry, we'll have you go second. I'll go third. I know where he's going. His couch. It's very easy. His couch. No one needs to sign him this offseason. He's going to sit in that recliner, and he's going to get himself – hopefully recovered for the 2025 season. So this projection and everything came off early until, um, you know, we had more information about where he was going to heading and what the prognosis was going to be with his arm and everything. The Red Sox also don't need him either. I mean, we have our closer. We got Kenley Jensen. I look at our bullpen right now, and I'm not sure if you guys look at it that way, but I look at it as a strength. I think we have enough pieces that are there. If we add a, Maybe a couple different arms that are quality. I'm fine with that. But I'm not messing with um, bringing in somebody from a Tommy John surgery that you have to take pretty much an insurance policy on. I'm all set with uh, Liam Hendricks. It's just not the right timing uh, for him. Obviously, the surgery is a problem. 
he'll probably get a three-year deal and whatever he gets paid for this year that he's not pitching will probably essentially be a signing bonus, but whatever the future years are, that still does go towards the luxury tax and you're, you're he's going to be dead money for a year. Some teams can, can, you know, cover that, but the Red Sox already have a really expensive bullpen with Chris Martin coming back for roughly around $8 million. Kenley Jansen uh, is in the final year of his two year deal for 16 million. It's just not a fit. I, who doesn't love Liam Hendricks? You know, Comes back from cancer. Uh, you know, it was brief. He was only back for a month or two before the uh, UCL tear uh, took place. But, you know, I if the Red Sox sign him, I, I, I would be shocked. But if it happens, then oh well. <laughs> um, but, you know, hopefully he recovers and, and uh, you know, returns back to form uh, pre-cancer. Yeah, you already hit the nail on the head. I'm good. There's no real place for Liam Hendricks, and the Red Sox aren't in a position that we need to get a guy like him. We have a closer. We have a backup closer. Liam Hendricks is coming over not one ailment but two. I wish him well, but I don't see him fitting with the Red Sox, so I'm going to give him another pass. Uh, number 48 on the list is Luis Severino, a one-year $14 million deal. Tim believes that the Tigers will get him. Anthony, the Brewers, and Derek will get you come with the White Sox on this one. So, uh, Terry, why don't you lead us off with Luis Severino? And w what's his uh, market? What are they saying he's going to sign for? One for 14. One for 14. Um, uh, I'm also Audi 5000 on uh, Luis Severino. He's just a mess. I mean, he reminds me so much of Clay Buckles. He has the stuff and he can put it together at times, but other times he's he's very inconsistent and he's extremely injury prone and he might even be more injury prone than even Clay Buckles. I mean, you go through his previous years of, of innings pitched, um, you know, this previous season, only 89 and one third innings, 6.65 ERA. The dude looks cooked. He, he was okay in 2022. Uh, also limited. I, I don't know if that was part of the Tommy John recovery. I don't think so, but, uh, only 102 innings there and then six innings in 2021. You know, that was definitely coming off of Tommy John. Uh, only 12 innings. He didn't pitch the COVID year, uh, presumably due to the surgery. 12 innings in uh, 2019. So the dude just hasn't done it in, in a long time, uh, basically since Chris Sale. I mean, you go back to 2018. That was the last year uh, that Luis Severino pitched a full season, and it was a pretty good one. Uh, 191 in one-third innings, a three-point three nine ERA. And I think it was much better than that. I think he slipped a little towards the end of the year, much like Chris Sale had a bit of fatigue. And then Corey Gluber comes out of nowhere. Sir, you know, leapfrogs them both wins the Cy Young. And I just don't want to try to take a huge gamble on a guy just to recapture something from almost six years ago. 
let another team take that chance. We've got nothing but liabilities in that rotation currently. So um, I'm definitely out. And, l- and let me just say this real quick. You see a lot of Red Sox fans clamoring for him. They think it could be a brilliant signing. I am sick of reclamation projects. Why are Red Sox fans so obsessed with those? We're a big market team. Just go go sign somebody that you know is solid that will give you at least 150 innings. And it pisses me off to say 150 innings because the bar really should be 200. That's that's the way it always was, but but let's lower it to 150 and just try to get that because the Red Sox haven't been getting that. So out on Severino. Nick? I echo exactly what Terry said, and the same statement goes from me. Can we just make like a bastard's T-shirt that just says no more reclamation projects? Just I think it would make millions. I'm so tired of the philosophy of – Let's sign Kluber. Let's sign this one to a one-year deal. We did strike gold in a way with Michael Walker. That was a great one-year deal. That was, you know, from something that was a plus. But I think we're at the phase now with the Red Sox where it's nut up or shut up time. It's time to put the pedal to the metal here. Use your money and assets well and get people that are durable, dependable, and you can rely upon all the time. Luis Severino screams to me a Pittsburgh Pirate. Screams to me as a Pittsburgh Pirate. It just looks like it's going to be a one-year kind of prove-it deal for him. Definitely the Yankees have moved on. I would be very surprised if any team in the AL East even goes near Severino. We're seeing how much they've seen of him. I think that he's uh, cruising for the National League, and I'm looking at the Pirates as a potential player for him. Uh, very short and sweet. I agree with both of you. We should just make like Tom Brady and pass nice and easy. Cool. Uh, next person we have on the list is Jacob Eunice or Junis. I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. I apologize. Tim Padres, Anthony D backs and Dara is how we pronounce it. I had to Google it. Padres Jacob Eunice's or Junis is expected to get two years and 15 million Quick look at the numbers. This is his second year with the Giants last year to 3.87 ERA in 40 games, four of which were starts. Um, Not the craziest, um, you know, bad option in the world. I wouldn't mind somebody like this in the bullpen, but I don't want him taking part in the starting rotation, and I'm not taking him at two at 14. I'm looking at one for maybe six or seven and seeing if he's uh, willing to do some business with the Red Sox in that way. Otherwise, I'm passing on him too. Uh, Terry. You know that saying, we have blank at home, so we're not going to buy it here. Um, Well, we have Jacob Junis at home, and his name is Nick Pavetta. <laughs> so I'm out on him. It, it would be a high bloom move if, you know, a guy like him were to come in. You just, in addition to, to Bayo, Pavetta, you, you, you need to – you need to bring in some some more solid, proven arms, and he just does not fit that bill. Not one bit. 
Yeah, this guy to me screams a poor man's Josh Winkowski. I mean, he was with the Royals. He was struggling as a starter for a long time. I give the Giants credit this past season. They took a flyer on him, converted him into a reliever, and he did pretty half decent. So that's kudos to them. I just don't think that the Red Sox need another guy that was kind of like one of those bargains by the bag full that Heim Bloom would always pick off the tree and hope for. In a way, this guy can also be looked at like last year's uh, Yavera when they got him at the trade deadline in a way. Not the most shiny toy that's out there, but serviceable. I think serviceable is probably the best word you can use for that. This guy's got more to prove, though. It was only one year converted into a reliever. What's he going to do this upcoming season to be determined? Yeah, it's I, we, we've stayed very consistent so far through the first couple. Uh, number 46 on the list, we have Hector Neris, expected to get two years and $15 million. This is the former Astros like hybrid closer, long-term reliever there. Tim expects the Reds to get him, Anthony the Cardinals, and Dara the Twins. Uh, start by leading off saying he had a 1.71 ERA, 77 strikeouts, 68 and a third, only gave up seven home runs, but he is 34 years old, will be 35 in June. Nick, your thoughts? Yeah, per, uh, really a part of Houston's uh, end-of-game strategy in a way with having a guy that they could count on for a long time and ended up getting the job done. I mean, I'm looking at the numbers too just across the board and very consistent uh, for everything he did. So he's been with Houston for two seasons, the 2022 and 2023 season. He went a combined between the two years, 12 and 7, but the roughly a – mid three ERA combined between everything. He was with the Phillies for a decent amount of time as well. Always seems like he's been somebody who has been durable. So again, that big word that we kept praising uh, for the Red Sox for this upcoming season is durability. Guys you can depend on. Guys that will get that job done nine times out of ten. Age to me, this guy does not really matter. It doesn't. If this is a fit and it fits a void that the Red Sox need as a sixth or seventh inning guy to get it to Martin and to get it to Jansen. I, I'll take a flyer on it, but only if the price is right. What's the price to you though? I think I probably would max out just at a two year. If it goes anything higher than that, I think it's going to get a little uncomfortable. I may say looking at projection wise of what they're saying, Hmm. I might max out at maybe 12, 15 mil between the two years. So nothing crazy. So two for 15, you'd be paying him less than what you gave Chris Martin. Chris Martin, I believe, was two years, 16 mil. So Martin gets eight years, eight million again this year. Um, if I'm not mistaken, maybe it was a little bit more. Uh, Martin came from the Dodgers, was on the older side. I'm just really hesitant to take anybody from the Houston Astros. I really just – its for me, it's a moral thing. I don't want any part of, of this. I, I, I don't know. I, I, for me, like I wouldn't be willing to give him more than I think a one-year $7.5 million deal, literally split that in, in two. He's obviously going to want more. Uh, durability, like you guys were mentioning, was one of the bigger things. 
for him. He's almost at 300 innings over four years from 2019 through 2023, including that abbreviated 2020 COVID season. I just, you know, if he wants to get paid, the Red Sox aren't going to be his best option. Truth be told. Gary, agree with that, Charlie. It just comes down to timing. I mean, we've just got so much money allocated in uh, into our eighth and ninth innings. You also have Garrett Whitlock, who, and I hate to say it, but Breslow said there is a possibility he could be a starter. <laughs> so we're we're not learning from the past here, but but assuming they come to their senses and Whitlock goes to the pen, I, I mean, he could give you Hector Neris type numbers, you know, on his current deal. So I think the Red Sox need to prioritize, uh, you know, uh, a serviceable lefty. I, I think we're, you know, we're a little bit light in that department. Uh, we do have Brennan Bernardino, but I, I think we could all agree we'd like to, you know, target somebody with a little bit higher potential uh, with a more proven record. Unfortunately, Neris, uh just not a fit for us. He, he's, his 1.71 ERA looks very good. He did have a 4.1 walks per nine. So he is prone to giving up ball four uh, and putting traffic on the bases. So it, it could be a blessing that, that we don't sign him as well. Truth be told, I honestly don't think he's coming. I think the Red Sox are going to stay away. Number 45, Brandon Belt. One year, 15 million. Tim thinks the Red Sox are in. Anthony, the Pirates. And then Dara, the Brewers. Um, Terry, do you want to go first on this one? Sure. So, this is like a, a poor man's Justin Turner type option. Belt will hit probably 20 home runs at Fenway Park. And I think he did have a couple of good games uh, at Fenway this year, you know, while he was with the Blue Jays when they came to town. Uh, it's not a bad option. I, I think $15 million is a lot for a guy who's essentially going to be either a DH or bench guy. Uh, Tristan Casas is going to get the bulk of the starts at first base. I, I think you're going to see – um, Yoshida, Masataki Yoshida at DH quite often as well. So I, I think the $15 million tag uh, is, is asking a lot. If it were more like eight to 10 million, I think he's a better fit. So we'll see. I, I won't hate it if it happens, but I'm pretty skeptical, uh, uh, you know, in terms of how much the Red Sox might be interested in, at the moment nick absolutely no and the reason i'm going to do that with this one is you've already got casas who's the left-handed guy that's your future and that's your guy you can't have two left-handed heavy guys there you absolutely need a supplement piece that's a right-handed bat brandon belt is a huge strikeout guy sometimes that just does not vibe well at least on me Yes, he does get on base. He draws the walk and everything from there. But I think you're going to get very redundant if you get a Brandon Belt with a Tristan Casas there. I think that's one of the reasons why I'm still I, – I'd take that Justin Turner. I know we're going to get to it, but you need that other piece on that right-handed bat for protection in there. And Belt, to me, is not worth one year $15 million. I could do a whole lot more with that money and help my roster. So hard pass for me. Best of luck, Brandon Belt. 
You're not my friend. Yeah, T, go ahead real quick. I did not realize he was a lefty. I am completely yes. out. <laughs> I am completely Sorry, out. Terry. I Thank walked you. into that one like a dummy. <laughs> no, you're totally good. He's a lefty, and he only hits righties. He doesn't hit left-handed pitching. Uh, last year, he barely hit lefties at all. Uh, I'm good, and for the same reason that Nick said, so not sound like a broken record, you already have Tristan Casas, who's already proven himself to be a serviceable first baseman. He's a heck of a lot younger than Brandon Belt, who's 35, who will be 36 in a couple of months. I am out on Brandon Belt at that price tag. I am out on Brandon Belt for any price tag. I got one Number more thing on him. Sure. He was a giant for all his life, and then he went to the Blue Jays. When I look at that Giants thing, all I can think of is Pablo Sandoval. I'm sorry. Like, he was there for his entire career. Blew it up here, literally and figuratively, with the Red Sox. I don't want him. Yep. Bye-bye. So next on the list is number 44, Frankie Montas. Also a one-year $15 million deal. Tim Orioles, Anthony Nationals, Dara, the Cardinals. Nick, go ahead. Frankie Montas. One-year 15 mil. Yeah, if you can't figure it out with the Yankees and that's within your AL East, I don't want to even think about him being a part of the Red Sox. So he was with the Yankees, just a little rundown here. He's been around the block a little bit. He was with the White Sox to start his career. Then he went to the A's. He had a pretty decent 2021 where he went 13-9. and nine. Then the following year in 2022, he bounced around with a 5-12 and 12 record. 4 ERA, 405. I just don't think that this is a good fit here. I think that he's going to find a home somewhere else. Seems like more comfortable maybe on a low market side team instead of in that pressure of a Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers kind of team. I think he'll go to a lower market and try his best to have more of a bounce back 2024. Harry. Hard no, you know, as we just covered it with uh, Luis Severino, same theme, high risk type guy. Hasn't really done a whole lot in his career. His best year uh, was 2019, a 2.63 ERA, only 96 innings, and not because of injury, but because he tested positive four steroids and was suspended 80 games. So uh, he followed, well, 2020 was a shortened season, so I guess we can't count that. 5.60 ERA. I had a decent 2021 with Oakland, but hard pass. Uh, I don't, we don't need any wild cards in this rotation. You know, we're going to walk the tightrope with Pavetta, probably Hauk. We're only going to get probably a hundred innings out of Chris Sale. So, Let's let's sign people that we know that can pitch. Honestly, real talk, the Orioles for one year at 15, they might give him like a one and one, probably similar to like the deal that Justin Turner got where they'll give him maybe 13 or 14 year one with like a $7 million buyout so he can test the market. Um, I think the Orioles and him make a, a pretty nice pairing. Uh, they've got the money to be able to burn on a, a potentially high upside, a high upside pitcher, but the Red Sox right now we're just not at that stage. So awful timing. Number forty-three, Yuki Matsui, a two-year deal worth sixteen million. 
Uh, he is a reliever coming from Japan. Tim thinks the Cubs will get him. Anthony, the Giants, and Dara, the Cardinals. Uh, Terry, would you like to lead off on Yuki Matsui? I know nothing about Yuki Matsui because I'm not an expert on Japanese baseball. He is a relief pitcher. He is a lefty, which we do need. Um, and he has a career 2.40 ERA in Japan, a strikeout rate around 32%. So, I mean, the durability is there. And I think Japanese relievers for sure are typically do tend to be very durable. Um, you know, you've had some starting pitchers come over, you know, Dice K not durable at all. Uh, Masahiro Tanaka with the Yankees kind of tough through it, but you know, he, he wasn't the same on the back end of that contract, but I'm all for a Japanese reliever. We've had great success with it. Everybody remembers Koji. Koji was more of a reclamation project and had been in MLB for a few years by the time he got to us. But, um, you know, Hideki Okajima, Janichi Tozawa had a few good years with Boston. I it remains to be seen if we're going to spend another eight million dollars a year on a reliever like the projections uh, for MLB trade rumors suggest, you know, with the two year 16 million. But I'd probably take a chance on him if, uh, it, you know, if they had some concerns with the bullpen and two things here in regards to the Red Sox bullpen. Do I expect Chris Martin to be solid? Absolutely. Is he gonna is he gonna duplicate what he did last year? Absolutely not. An ERA just over one. We didn't have really durability issues with Kenley, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't smooth sailing the entire season for him. You know, he had some minor stuff. He dealt with lightheadedness. Uh, I think he had a hamstring issue uh, towards the very end of the season. So I, I wouldn't mind reinforcing it with a guy like Matt Suey. Nick. Now, the one thing that Terry said, and the Red Sox have had a very good track record with Japanese relief pitching is they are very durable, consistent, and they've gotten the job done. It starts all the way back uh, with Hideki Okajima. That was uh, something that was catching lightning in a bottle. Nobody knew much about it. A lot of expectation coming in. And from everything that we saw, I mean, World Series champ in 2007 got the job done. Um, I'm not against a left-handed reliever coming into this bullpen here and solidifying a role. I just don't think there's going to be enough capital, enough money for another investment going into this bullpen piece. So I think the price is going to be a little bit too high here for the Sox liking in a perfect world. If they had additional you know, money that they could go after somebody like this, I would take a flyer on it because we, again, track record, Okajima, Janichi Tozawa, Koji, it, they have that ability to get the job done. And I think it would be a good fit if we had the money. I know that if there's going to be one arm that the Red Sox are going to be looking at or considering based on the relationship that they've had in the past, it's probably going to be somebody like this. We mentioned already, Terry, you know, having left-handed relievers is something that is always something the Red Sox are going to have to consider and, and look into. 
we really, I think the last really big one that we had flamed out hard and just got blown away. I would be willing to take a chance on Yuki Matsui of the names we've seen so far. I do, however, think that the Red Sox will not win the bidding war and someone like the Giants or the Cardinals could potentially make more sense if they, if there are players that have had prior relationships, you know, I'm, I'm unfamiliar how close Yuki Matsui is with, with Shohei Otani. If they've talked about maybe joining forces and going to the Giants, I, I could see something like that where, you know, if they're friendly and they want to join forces, yeah, the Giants make a lot of sense. There you have a little bit more money available, nothing too crazy. I'm pretty, I don't think I'm going to be saying the Cubs for a lot of these um, because they are going to be going after a couple other people and it's not the relievers. So uh, I'd be willing to give this guy a chance to at 16. I think it's probably going to exceed that. Uh, but that's just my, my two cents on it. Anything else we want to add on Yuki? Uh, just one thing as I put my microphone closer to my face, normally it's on a stand and it's in my face the whole time, but I couldn't bring it on the trip, so I'm holding it <laughs> to my face. Uh, but the one thing that's notable here is he's been in the Japanese leagues for so long. It's either been eight or ten years that he's exceeded the amount of time uh, so that there doesn't have to be a posting fee. So, you know, like, for instance, with... Um, I keep slipping on his name. Masataki Yoshida last winter, uh, I think the Red Sox paid him. I think they had to pay a, an extra 15 million in addition to the, you know, either the 75 or 90 that he got. So actually I think it was 75 million that he got and then 90, uh, you know, included the, the posting fee. So um, one less, you know, hurdle here uh, you know to sign matsui excellent um anything else that you want to add nick nope cool no i i, I agree the only thing i was going to say charlie is i think that your price like you were saying it could jump up to the three three years and you know maybe up to the 20 range or some sorts because i It'll, do think there's going to be some takers on this guy yeah for sure uh number 42 on our list is jason hayward Jason Hayward actually had a little bit of a revival career-wise uh, playing in Los Angeles, joining forces with his old teammate, Freddie Freeman, who basically told the team, you've got to get this guy. He's worth the money. He's literally playing for peanuts in relation to what he made when he was in Atlanta and Chicago. Um, Jason Hayward's expected to stay with the Dodgers, according to Tim, move to the Royals for Anthony, and Dara thinks the Pirates. Two years, $16 million. Nick, I just think that Freddie Freeman and Jason Hayward and the Dodgers, they'll have a reunion of sorts. I don't think the Dodgers want to do anything to uh, piss off Mr. Freddie Freeman. So if that's the guy for them, that's great. It was nice to see a nice resurgence from Jason Hayward. But that contract that the Cubs signed with him has got to go down as one of the worst contracts that was signed in baseball. I mean, the guy just never performed after he came over from the Braves. Just never exceeded expectation. Was a big disappointment from everything. So 
I was surprised with the resurgence in a way. He played 124 games. They tried to uh, platoon him as best as they can with, again, hitting right-handed pitching and everything. Ended up with 15 homers and 40 RBIs. Ended up with a 269 batting average. I mean, those are numbers that, you know, any team would be taking a flyer on a guy, especially at age 33 who was on the decline. Um, very, very nice story for Jason Hayward this season. But I see yeah. him going back with the Dodgers. I'm with you. I think the Dodgers are going to get him again, Terry. And just before uh, you weigh in, against righties as a left-handed hitter, to put it out, I'm sure you knew he was left-handed hitter, he was almost exclusive there with 13 of his 15 home runs, hitting 276, only hit 192 against lefties. What is your take on Hayward? I think we're out on Hayward. I've never been a Jason Hayward guy, and Theo's run with the Cubs was nowhere near as good as the Red Sox. Like He whiffed a lot, and uh, that was certainly the biggest of them all. Um, and it's hard to believe he's only 34 years old. The dude's been around forever. You know, he made his debut in 2010, uh, you know, basically the first week of the season. And I, he's just not a fit. He's a lefty and he's not a fit. Yeah. We're pretty much aligned on that one as well. It just, it doesn't make sense with everything that we, uh, we have currently going on for us. Number 41, and the last one on this list is uh, an old-time guy, and I'm sure you're both familiar with him, Justin Turner, a one-year, $16 million deal. The first player on this list that two of the three gents think will go to the same team, both Tim and Anthony, the Diamondbacks, Dara thinks the Marlins – Obviously getting a very generous parting gift, if I'm not mistaken, $6.7 million, half of that 13-4 number. Uh, Terry, why don't you go in? Because I know you and I have talked about Justin Turner a little bit. Terry, go quickly, and then I'm sure Nick will win. Well, I mean, my opinion on Turner hasn't changed. I mean, if you're not going to sign him, you do have to replace his production somewhere in the field. It could be via the outfield, uh, you know, if you want, but... We're pretty weak on right-handed bats, and you know he was definitely the best we had last year from that side of the plate, and and really one of the best all season. So, wouldn't hurt my feelings if we brought him back, but uh, you know, I just don't know that the the Red Sox and and Craig Breslow want to just commit, you know, all those games to DH at you know a pretty high salary, and you got to believe that him opting out and taking that 6.7 probably rubbed John Henry the wrong way. <laughs> so, you know, you can say all these nice things about Boston, but I just, he, it, it would be kind of complicated to bring him back. And, you know, he was hurt this year, like we've been talking about. So how durable is a now 39 year old, Justin Turner really going to be I would rather explore the market but if he's brought back on a one-year deal he wants two years and that's probably another reason why he's not coming back but if somehow they got it done for one year so be it I'll live with it Nick yeah so the teams that they mention here from uh, MLB trade rumors were the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Marlins 
and correct me if I am wrong, but come at the trade deadline, there were potential communications and packages that were at least exchanged between the Red Sox and the Diamondbacks and the Marlins at one point regarding Justin Turner. So those teams have wanted him. And I do think if Arizona did go out and get Justin Turner, it could have been a different story this past World Series. I know Texas was a wagon and everything, but having that extra thump there in their lineup could have done a little difference there with that veteran presence. I like Justin Turner. I had nothing against it. I love the signing when it came, but we're kind of missing an important ingredient on why Justin Turner was here in Boston in the first place. That was Kike Hernandez. It's not here anymore. So I don't know if Justin Turner actually, he might say all the right things on wanting to be back here, but I do think that he is heavily exploring the market. And I think Justin Turner is going to go down much like Adrian Beltre as that one year wonder, that one hit wonder that was here, that did a solid job, that is memorable. And people wished he was probably here for a little bit longer of time, but I do not see Justin Turner back here. Uh, with the Red Sox for 2024, I think it would be an utter surprise if it is if it does happen. So really quickly, Justin Turner, uh, Terry and I really kind of hammered this one home on the last time that the two of us had a chance to talk. He had his arguably best statistical year with 23 homers, only a couple RBIs short of 100, a 276 batting average, played in 146 games, which is among the highest of his career, the second most to be exact. He is 38 will be turning 39 in November. So he's literally weeks away, not even two weeks away from turning 39. Would I love to see Justin Turner come back? Yes. Do I think that he and Mrs. Turner have become very uh, focused on the Boston market with events and organizations and charities and marathons? Absolutely. Ultimately, do I see Justin Turner ending his career with the Red Sox? No, I do not. I do see him ending his career with the Los Angeles Dodgers, a place that a lot of people have spoken very highly of. I think that if there's a guy that can bring the guys back, you've seen Keith Hernandez do it once before. It wouldn't surprise me if Justin Turner is not the only Red Sox going to Los Angeles this year. So I will leave it on that note, unless there's anything else that either one of you gents wanted to add. So if Justin Turner is gone, and you just mentioned that a possible reunion with the Dodgers going back there again, does that mean that that void comes back to maybe swapping again with J.D. Martinez? Uh, no, I don't want J.D. Martinez again. No. I, I don't need someone who can just hit the ball and can't play the field. I'm all set. Thanks. And someone who's also got plantar fasciitis problems, I'm, I'm, all, I'm out on him. I, I agree with you. I'm just saying yeah. from, from, from just a pure mentioning standpoint, that was all. No, yeah, no. I, I hear that, but I don't think he's coming back. I think J.D.'s done with the Red Sox. The Red Sox are definitely done with him. Uh, Terry, I'm pretty sure they you moved on that sentiment. You'd agree with that. Yeah, I'm I'm out on JD. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say he's a clubhouse cancer, but he does seem like he's a Debbie Downer uh, a lot of the time when things aren't going well. If right. the team is slumping, it's never JD Martinez that's lifting them up. Uh, that's just right, not right. the type of guy he is. So, um, yeah. so just so we're clear on this format, tonight was part one. We'll do the next ten probably on Tuesday. The next ten on uh let's see thursday night so that'll be for your friday morning commute and uh, i'm guessing sunday and just every couple of days we'll just continue this format 
But if breaking news does happen, of course, we'll be back to to cover that. Perfect. That's going to wrap it for all of us here tonight. We want to thank all of our first time and loyal listeners, whether you listen to us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. We appreciate it. Have a great night. Take care.